Good morning. Welcome to Earthmakers, spiritual care for real humans. My name is Josiah, and I'm a recovering addict and the grateful creator and host of this podcast. Take a deep breath, settle in. This space is for you. Good morning, everyone. It's a Saturday morning. I'm looking at a day full of laundry. Um, Gotta do some dishes that I ended up leaving in the sink. It's okay to leave dishes in the sink, you know, occasionally. (laughs) Um, It's when you get in the habit of leaving dishes that you have to scale what we call in our house Dish Mountain, which... Dish Mountain ain't no good. Um, So yeah, today my spiritual practice actually is going to be um, doing household chores. So some laundry, some dishes. Going to clean the bathroom today, deep clean the bathroom. Um... And then I think I'll try to spend some time outdoors, maybe doing some writing, maybe get in a, a hike. It's a short day hike today. My spouse has been gone for over a week. She went out to do some crazy ultra trail running in uh, Washington State. <coughs> Excuse me. These damn allergies are just uh, not my friend. And I want to take advantage of the time that I have quiet at home with my four buddies, my four cats. Do you have pets that you love? Pets can uh, create a very deep, meaningful, healing, nourishing spiritual connection for us and for them. We have four cats. Rev is a cat that my spouse brought into the marriage. And I have Rabbi. Rev and Rabbi are six years old. And then uh, we have Potato and Waffles. Potato and Waffles were two little brothers that we adopted. They are turning a year old in October. And they are destructive little buggers. (laughs) But they're adorable, and we love them. Rabbi is curled up next to me right now enjoying some belly rubs while I talk to you through the microphone. Here, maybe he has something to say too. Did you hear that? Isn't it just so soothing? Maybe you're not a cat person and you're like, okay, Josiah, let's move along here.
Today we're continuing our series on the 12 steps of addiction recovery. Today's step is the fifth step. Yesterday, uh, we talked about the fourth step, the spiritual uh, principle behind the fourth step is courage. And the fourth step is made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. So it's basically a written confession of all that we've done to hurt others. Um, And the fifth step is the necessary second part. It's the the very uh, next piece that is crucial for resolution and clarity, for release and freedom and healing. If step four is the confession, step five is the absolution, the forgiveness, the release, the liberation, the salve for the wound. Step five has as its spiritual principle integrity. Take a deep breath with me and hold for four. Four, three, two, one, out. All the way out. Take a few more deep breaths. And notice, are your shoulders raised? Picture somebody who loves you gently pushing down on your shoulders, lowering them from your earlobes. Maybe unclench your jaw, soften your neck, your shoulders, your back, your chest and stomach. Picture everything softly and settle into your chair or cushion or wherever it is that you are right now. If it is helpful to you to close your eyes, please do. If not, keep them open, whatever works for you. practice Lectio Divina again today. I'm going to read the fifth step aloud three times. Notice what sticks out to you. We admitted to our higher power, ourselves, and another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. We admitted to our higher power, ourselves, and another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. We admitted to our higher power, ourselves, and another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Thank you so much. 
In step four, we confess our sins. We write them down and we engage in the practice of confessing our sins to ourselves, right? We have agency over our fourth step. We get to decide the content that shows up on that piece of paper. People often worry, well, I'm not going to be able to do a complete fourth step. And my sponsor reminded me recently, you're never going to feel like your fourth step is totally complete because you're going to be working on fourth step stuff for the rest of your life. In other words, we're going to be confessing our wrongs, apologizing and asking for forgiveness for the rest of our lives. (laughs) Right? But that's a step 10 issue, and we'll explore step 10 when we get there. You cannot have a step four without having a step five. Much like in the Lutheran seminary that I went to, we were taught that confession and absolution is one of the most vital pieces of the Lutheran liturgy on Sunday mornings. Corporate confession, individual confession, it doesn't really matter. All of these pieces are really important. And not just for Christians, but just for humans in general. To be able to admit fault safely, to say you're sorry, humbly repent, and to receive a proclamation of forgiveness, which is a covering a gracious umbrella that covers you in the freedom, the liberating power of absolution. On Sunday mornings when I was preaching and pastoring in Lutheran parishes, after we said our confession as a group, my absolution response was as a called and ordained minister of the church of Jesus Christ and by his authority I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins in the name of God the earth maker the pain bearer and the life giver Amen It can be said differently depending on where you're at That's really fancy liturgical Christian language for the response. In your fifth step, you are admitting to your higher power, to another human being, to yourself, the exact nature of your wrongs. Getting it all out there. First, I must say, I am really, really good, like super, super good at admitting my faults to my higher power. That's easy (laughs) for me because I have a higher power that I call God. God is a mother figure to me. And I tell my mother God what I have done to create harm, what I have done to hurt myself and other beings. What I have done to hurt the world. And then I wait patiently. 
and listen for God's response of unconditional love. First of all, rest in this, my friends. If your higher power is unconditionally loving, and the only good higher power is one that loves you with zero conditions, if that higher power loves you unconditionally, then it is good. And every time you reach out and ask for forgiveness, it will forgive you. What about that word forgiveness? What is that? It's about being released from a debt, right? Forgiveness comes from the language of loans and debts. I once owed my dad money. I worked hard to save up money to pay him back. I went to him, gave him the money, and he said, I don't want it. And I said, well, dad, I... I earned it back so I could pay you back. And he said, no, no. He said, I forgive you the debt. Does that mean that my dad was happy about the fact that I'd taken money from him? No. But he forgave me anyways. He released me. And in releasing me, he released himself. This is what our higher power is there for. To remind us of who we are at our core. And no matter what others might say, our higher power has us in the palms of her beautiful, tender, gracious, mighty hands. Okay. Next. It says, we admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. So, to ourselves. Now, this one can get really tricky. Because some people, it takes them multiple step fours, multiple written confessions, before they can say exactly what they did wrong. The first lie that we tell is not to somebody else, but to ourselves. Because you may think, well, the first lie I told was when I was five years old and I told my mom that I did not uh, break her favorite vase. But the first lie you would have had to tell in that instance was to yourself. Somewhere in your core self, you said, it's okay to tell mom a lie about breaking the vase. That is a lie produced from a greater lie, right? We lie to ourselves first, and undoing those lies can take a lot of hard work, the work of internal family systems. We're going to spend some time this season on internal family systems, and I'm really excited about that. I think it's going to be really sweet. <clears throat> okay. So I've gotten to the point where I'm no longer lying to myself, basically. 
I mean, I think I probably do sometimes without knowing it. But by and large, I used to lie to myself all the time. It was my default response. But because I've done hard work spiritually in recovery, I noticed that I'm kind of free of that now. So I don't have a hard time telling myself the truth. Even if it's hard truth. In fact, sometimes I'm too good at telling myself the hard truth. And I become a very harsh critic. This can be a little dangerous. This is why we need the third piece. The crucial piece in the fifth step is not the higher power, is not yourself. The crucial piece above all others is to another human being. Why is it, my friends, that it's so hard to admit fault to another human being, to look somebody else in the eye and say, I screwed up? Why is that so hard? It is the hardest part. And so, my strong encouragement to you is that when you do your fifth step, choose someone you know you can trust to keep your confidence, one. And two, to speak a word of forgiveness over you. Three, to remind you of who you are. To combat the lies of shame that will inevitably come up in you when you do your fourth step. Why is the uh, spiritual principle behind the fifth step integrity? Well, because integrity is all about being integrated. Abraham Lincoln, quoting Jesus of Nazareth, said a house divided against itself cannot stand. That's because the house is lacking in structural integrity. The pieces aren't working together. If the pieces of a house are not working together, that house is condemned by the community, unfit to live in. Our internal spiritual houses have been fit for condemnation at times, right? Unfit, depending on where we've been in life. Different seasons bring different things to our inner spiritual house. This season is bringing an opportunity for your values and your actions to be integrated, to work together for maybe the first time in your life. For some of my patients, when they do their fifth step, it's the first time that they actually engage in integrity. And the feeling of integration within feels so freeing because it feels right. All the pieces of you working together instead of separately? What a beautiful, powerful experience to feel integrated in this lifetime. I have a really good buddy, uh, Charlie. Charlie uh, was clergy like me, and Charlie um, uh, at one point came out of the closet um, I uh, came out as a gay man um, and began to, uh, and changed his career, began working 
as a farmer. The last time I talked to him, he sounded so happy, and I asked him, how was the experience, and how has it been for you living as a gay man? And he said, I feel integrated for the first time in my life. And you know what? My friend sounded relaxed and at ease that day. I feel integrated for the first time. How powerful. Integrity is all about being an integrated person, which is what you were designed to be. Okay? If you're having trouble wrapping your head around this fifth step thing, I'll conclude with a story. When I was first living in the Twin Cities here in Minnesota, I was working for a online uh, media and arts magazine. I was a film and TV critic, writing reviews and essays and think pieces. It was one of my favorite gigs I've ever had. I got to get into movies for free. It was pretty sweet. My job was to write down my piece, my opinion, my thoughts, my feelings, and then hand it and then send it to my editor. And my editor had the final word on how it would move forward. One time, I submitted a piece to my editor late at night. And I tossed and turned all night because I didn't feel right about it. It just didn't feel like my best work. It felt rushed and a little lazy. And I had more I needed to say. More I wanted to say. So I reached out to my editor at like 3 o'clock in the morning. I woke up, emailed my editor, and said, Hey, um... That was not my best work. And I'm wondering if you can give me a chance to try again. And she responded, because she's an amazing editor and uh, very thoughtful. She said, yeah, she said, it really isn't your best work. She said, uh, get it into me by the end of the week and we'll be fine. This is what the... the uh, Step four and step five is all about. You sit down with your sponsor or with somebody that you trust and you tell them, this is my story. It's not my best work. And the response of your sponsor, your editor, quote unquote, is something like, You're right. It's not your best work. It's not your best story. Here, you're free to try again. That's what this is about, friends. Step five reminds us we're free to try again. We're safe to try again. What a gift. What a gift. Remember to find somebody who are confident will keep your trust. Somebody that you can trust to keep your confidence. 
Someone who will lovingly respond to you. Someone who will remind you of who you are. And someone who will speak a word of forgiveness over you. If you're having trouble finding someone like that, please email me at earthmakerspod at gmail.com. earthmakerspod at gmail.com. And I will either, one, listen to your fifth step gladly, or two, I will help you try to find someone and brainstorm finding someone to help you do your fifth step. And listen, you do not have to be a recovering addict to do your fourth and fifth step. You can just be a normie, as we call them in the recovery community. You can just be a person who wants to do better. And what a gift to have that desire. That's an integrated desire. Don't forget that. Thank you so much. I love you. Take good care of you today. And I'll see you tomorrow.